Hello, and welcome to Miss Genealogy, the podcast, where my number one goal is to get you fired up about family history. Times have changed, and family history isn't just for your grandma. You can sneak it into your everyday life, and the blessings far outweigh any sacrifice, I promise. This podcast is all about connecting to your family, both past and present, and I am so glad that you're here. All right. I am so excited to bring you my wonderful guest today. I have Evie Figgett on the other line. And Evie, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on the show. I'm just so excited to talk to you. Oh, this is such a great opportunity to talk about something that I enjoy doing. So thank you for having me. You're so welcome. So let's just give my listeners a little background. Tell us who you are, what you like to do. Just give us a little bit of info about you. Okay. Yeah. Well, like Jesse said, my name is Evie, and I am a professional nerd in that I've done <laughs> a lot of schooling. Um, so for my undergraduate, I studied journalism and English, and then my master's degree was in English, and I currently teach as adjunct faculty for BYU-Idaho. Oh, um, so cool. So, so what I do for fun, honestly, is writing. Um which is so my husband makes fun of me because he says you write for your work and you write for your joy. And it's true. I really do. I, so I blog and I Instagram and I interview people and I write some more, I keep a journal. So that's, that's kind of who I am. I'm just a professional writing nerd. (laughs) So cool. I love that. So tell us about your family. Do you have kids? What? Yeah. What's your family? Yeah. So I have a husband whom I dearly love. He has been my husband officially for, gosh, we're at seven and a half years. We got married in March 2011, dated nice. for a year and a half before that. So he's, love him long time. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I have one son. His name is Oliver and he is three years old and he is a busy guy. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we, have, we have a lot of fun together and that's, right now it's just the three of us and we are, we were California kids, but we recently moved here to Utah and we're making Utah home. Awesome. I love that. Okay. So I want to hear this podcast obviously is about family history and genealogy. So what got you interested in family history? What got you hooked to it? So it's, it's kind of one of those, you know, instances where someone had the passion and they passed the torch to me. My mom is currently an LDS uh, genealogy missionary. Awesome. Um, but she has been, she's worked in a family history center for 10 years now. Um, and she's incredible at it. And she loves teaching people how to do genealogy via family search, um, ancestry. Mm-hmm. And as she's done this for our family, it, uh, she, you know, I, I took a real interest in it and learning about it. Um, I kind of feel like I have a special connection to genealogy because I am an adopted child. Mm. And so I kind of, it's been interesting for me, you know, when you're, when you're an adopted kid, you know, you're brought into this family and we believe that I am truly a part of this family. And so my parents' ancestors became my ancestors. And this has given me just a real, a truly deep sense of belonging in my family as I've learned about genealogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been, it's, you know, it's, it, that's how I caught that passion. <laughs> um, and I am, my mom has done a lot of the, I feel like the heavy lifting in terms of 
finding, you know, tracing back our ancestors. But one thing that I felt like I could be deeply involved in is getting to know the living ancestors and preserving their stories Mm. um, before they are, you know, no longer living. Uh, And that came about just because I, like I said, I'm a nerd and (laughs) I love interviewing people. It's something that I've taught for the last five years to my BYU-Idaho students is how to interview and create these profiles. And I thought, what if I took these skills and I taught them to people in the context of you should be and can be so easily and enjoyably interviewing your ancestors. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of where this all came from. Oh, that is beautiful. Holy cow. Thank you so much for sharing that. So I'm curious, have you ever, do you have any connection to your birth parents or do you know who they are? Have you taken a DNA test? We, yep, did the DNA test. um, And it's, which I highly recommend for any adopted children. Mm -hmm. Um, So I took the DNA test and after a year of having that DNA test, we received an email saying, I think we're related. And I found my birth mother's cousin. So she is my second cousin. Wow. Um, and we chatted for a little bit, tried to get as much info as I could. I, I know one of my grand, my biological grandparents names, um, and it's Antonia Bocanegra. So, which was just amazing to find. And just even having those names has been really special to my family. But Mm -hmm. um, my mom and I have a goal of being able to find my, find out at least names of my birth parents so we can do the genealogy for those lines as well is, Mm -hmm. is the end goal. Um, So yeah, we, we don't, I don't have a name of for the birth parents yet. It's kind of a slow process, especially when you're in a closed adoption in the right. 1990s, early, mm-hmm. like early 1990s. So it's, yeah. things have changed quite a bit, but yeah, that, that's the, that's the end goal is oh. to find out so we can do the, do the work. That is so cool. You'll have to keep us posted because yeah. I, I love hearing stories like this. Have you ever watched, um, relative race on BYU TV? No, I, you know, I've, you are the third person to tell me about it and I, I need to just start watching actual TV. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know. I I rarely watch anything, but I love that show. And they they are always connecting the people on the show with their either birth parents or you know really, really? closely related How cool is family. That? So oh, I'll so, have yeah. to look into that. I that sounds. I watched This Is Us, which you know you don't get to hear a lot about adoption in you know mainstream media. So that I mm-hmm. sounds like my new new TV addiction coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So that's awesome. I would love to hear what tips you have as far as interviewing living people, because I think this is such an important skill and something that so many of us can incorporate into our lives. Yeah. yeah, I would love to hear what tips you share with people. So a few of the tips I do, you know, when I, when I talk about people with this, I give you a things to avoid list and a things to do list. Okay. Um, and it's just the, the some of them are obvious and some of them are not so obvious. Um, on the on the to do list, I am a big fan of providing the questions beforehand. When it's a more, if you have a relative who's like, "Oh, I'd love to share my stories with you," um, provide the questions beforehand so they can kind of see what's you know coming to them, so they can prep names beforehand for you or. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, if they have pictures they want you to see or that type of thing, grandparents love this. They, yes, they eat this up. Excuse me, drop my mic. Um, and so that's one thing. Provide the questions beforehand, record the conversation. I can't tell you how special it is to be able to hear voices, especially, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we have, we have the means just turn it on, on your phone and record it. Um, right. Look the person that you're interviewing in the eye um, while nodding slightly, help them feel like you're interested and, and truly hearing them, even though your hand might be writing, mm-hmm. um, you, you make sure that, you know, show them that you're interested through body language, be a good listener, ask follow-up questions is another good way. A lot of times we do these interviews and then, um, you, you know, you feel like you can't go off script. And right. that's something that's so important when you're interviewing your living relatives is it's okay if you go off script <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, enjoy, enjoy the interview and take it in whatever direction you feel directed to take it. Um, make sure you're interviewing in a comfortable setting, living rooms, sitting rooms. I I've interviewed uh, people in like a yogurt shop, like a frozen yogurt shop uh-huh. where it's, you know, quieter yogurt shop, but you know, comfortable and just relaxed and then use details. So, um, for instance, a question that I I actually called my dad in, in preparation for this, and I said, um, well, I come from a, a long line of farmers, and mm. I said, Dad, what was what did you feel when you were working on the family farm? What did you smell, see? Um, mm. I've I've asked him that before, and and. And, you know, he always, my dad is a very descriptive speaker and he will, he's, he's told me, you know, oh, this is what I felt watching my grandfather graft into his trees. And this is what I felt when I would drive the tractor and, you mm. know, what it would look like. And, and I'm, I'm very lucky to have visited my great grandparents and spent a decent amount of time with them. So these are memories now that I can almost see and, uh-huh. and have a strong sense of. So yeah, details are just so important. And then when it comes to the don't list, um, this one's, you know, if you've, if you've taken any English class where they've asked you to interview, just avoid Mm -hmm. yes or no questions. Like it's kind of like when you're on a date, you, Uh (laughs) you want to, you want to make sure your date keeps talking. So don't ask yes or no questions um, when possible. And if you do be prepared with a follow-up question. So for instance, if you say, did you graduate or attend high school? It's going to be a yes or a no, but if mm-hmm. you're going to follow up with that, be prepared to say, tell me about it. Who was your high school mascot? Did Who did you go to prom with? That Those types of questions where if you're going to ask a yes or no, be prepared to follow up with a non-yes or no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, avoid rigid questions. Again, this is being comfortable enough to go off script. And this is something that um, when you provide the questions beforehand, it helps reduce that rigidity. Um, avoid loud or uncomfortable settings. We kind of touched on that. Uh, try not to ramble. Um, this is about your ancestor, not about you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, have it be a conversation, but also if you catch someone starting to go off on a tangent and ramble, just be prepared to like nicely redirect and um, and say things like, gosh, I really appreciate your thoughts on that. Can you tell me about and then lead them into the next Mm-hmm. idea so redirect um and that goes into n- avoid loss of control and then also if you can try not to write too much 
when I'm doing one of these interviews, I'm recording it. Okay. So I tend to go back and listen to the recording and transcribe it. Mm-hmm. But things that I don't want to forget. So um, when I've talked to my grandma Davidson, she is in her 80s now, early 80s, I believe. Um mm-hmm. And I, when I've talked to her, I've gone in my phone really quickly as soon as I leave the room because she, she likes to talk a lot. Um, but I, if I pull out my phone, she kind of gets annoyed. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll leave the room and in my phone, I'll just write down her face lit up when she talked about her father. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and little details like that, that of audio recording can't get. Right. Um, so those are my basic do or don'ts. Um, and I, in terms of like, if you can't think of questions, I, when, you know, when I've taught this class before, I provide oh, a list of questions that I mm-hmm. hand out. Okay. Um, and a, a lot of them are just questions of first things first. When I think of my questions, I sit down and I just think, what do I want to know about this relative? Like, what do I not already know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the next set, Pinterest has good ideas, and I'm hoping to uh, get this list published on my site as well. That way you can you know, provide, you know, this, the link to your readers if they're interested. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, so that's, yeah, I, I'm trying to think if I missed anything. Do you have any questions? <laughs> oh, I just think it is so inspiring, and I want to go out and interview all the people now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's a lot of, I've just greatly greatly enjoyed it it's again it's kind of I've I've made it work for me I I have a hard time doing the the going through like uh, burial records and whatnot Mm -hmm. and census records but Mm -hmm. this is something that I can do in the now and feel like I am contributing yes and I think that's so powerful in every single interview that I do I realize just the importance of making sure you cater family history to your lifestyle and to your likes and you know and making sure that you're not doing something that you hate because why would you want to do that gosh yes I think you hit it right there why why make it miserable (laughs) do it do it in a way that you can enjoy it Mm -hmm. I think in the past it's been very black and white like this is the way that you do family history and this is the only way you can do it yeah I'm just realizing the more people I talk to everyone use is so creative in the way that they approach it and I love that because I think it makes it so much more accessible and people actually want to do it when they can put their own spin on it so yeah absolutely so I loved the the point that you brought up about asking them about the senses that they you know their what did you see and what did you smell and what did you you know, what did you feel when this happened? I think those are, that's something that I haven't really, I I honestly haven't done a lot of interviews and I want to make that more. I want to do that more, but that's something I haven't really thought of asking. And I love, I love thinking about that because that just brings so much more depth to the story. Yeah. It makes it more vibrant for sure. Yes. Yes. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So I do have a question for you. My grandparents are incredible people, but they do not want, they, at at least at the surface, they don't want to share. They're pretty private people. Yeah. So what tips do you have for maybe if other listeners like me have grandparents or extended family who just, you know, have such incredible stories hidden inside, but they don't necessarily 
share them openly. Mm-hmm. Do you have tips on how to approach that? Yes. So I, my husband's grandpa, we call him, he's grandpa heart. He is the sweetest man. You can find him at Chakarama every single day of the week. Um, <laughs> he is just the most darling man. He served in world war two in okay. the Pacific arena. Um, and he just has not talked about it a ton, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, with traumatic things like that, you don't, you don't expect them to necessarily talk about it. Right. But, um, uh, something that my husband did, which is just genius <laughs> is he was sitting at the table with his mom and his brother and, uh, you know, they were just talking about, Oh, the ocean. We, we were planning our trip to Hawaii and he said, grandpa, I bet you just missed the ocean knowing that, okay, this, this grandparent has lived in Utah since world war two. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of just find a doorway. It's not necessarily manipulation, but you're almost manipulating the situation uh-huh. <laughs> where it opens a door and just keep trying to open the door. Um, okay. and, and it might not get recorded because those grandparents that, you know, aren't comfortable necessarily sharing their stories. It might mm-hmm. not get recorded, but if you can have multiple ears in the room when it happens, that's the best case scenario. Um, and my husband's, you know, grandpa heart, he went on to say, nope, I don't miss the beach one bit. I was on the beaches of Iwo Jima. And uh, I, after that, I just, you know, and, and just all of a sudden, it, mm-hmm. it was just this information that even his own daughter sitting at the table had never heard before. Wow. Um, so if you can just ask leading questions is, is what it's called and, and lead them to lead them to where, you know, you want them to start talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your grandmother, you know, loved baking, <laughs> you know, ask her, be like, Oh, I had the hardest time baking this loaf of bread the other day. Grandma, <laughs> I did this. Do you know what I did wrong? And usually if you can just kind of share, share something that you connect with into what they connects with them, people, it, it is human nature to want to share stories. Right. Um, it's why Instagram has taken off. It's why, you know, writing status updates on Facebook, we want to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of this human nature thing. So if you can ask, ask a question that you feel like they can relate to and then go from there. Okay. Awesome tips. I'm going to do that and I will let you know how it goes because yes, I've been feeling lately really strongly that I need to do this and talk to my grandparents while they're still alive and get yeah. their stories. So yeah, and do it, you know, something, and, and, you know, it's kind of like a sad story that kind of led me to, to this. I, I started feeling these inklings about six years ago now, hmm. and my grandma, she has had a Parkinson's diagnosis and a dementia, Alzheimer's diagnosis for a while, but back then it wasn't that bad, um, and so I thought, oh, I'm going to start interviewing my grandparents, and we got through a couple of them. Um, and the third time that I called, um, she just started crying because she couldn't remember. Hmm. And I just said, Grandma, is this a bad day? And it was kind of a traumatic incident for us both. And mm-hmm. instead of me pushing through it, I stopped. And that, I think, honestly, in terms of life regrets, <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that is up there because she has she's just declined so much. And I look back and I think... 
I am so sad that I didn't didn't push through the hard stuff on my end mm-hmm. and tr- kept trying to call her to catch her on a good day. Right. Um, and a lot of, you know, interviewing grandparents, especially it takes persistence and mm-hmm. it's, it's not easy. And so it's that, that's another thing that kind of lit my fire in that now is the time to be doing this. This is not, yes. you know, this is something that cannot wait, especially I'm approaching 30, which means my grandparents are all in their, 80s <laughs> and mm-hmm. older so this right. is something that just can't wait until you know when I'm done having kids or when I'm no longer you know working a part-time job this is something that needs to happen now mm-hmm. oh that's beautiful yeah I love that I I'm a huge believer in not waiting I had so many people yeah. you know when I first got into family history it's been almost eight years now and I just had two tiny little kids and I had so many people say why are you doing this right now? (laughs) You don't realize that you have so much life ahead of you. And I thought, why should I wait until I'm 80 years old to get the benefits of doing Mm -hmm. this right now? So yeah, absolutely. So so yeah, I don't sit in front of my computer all day, but I'm constantly trying to come up with new ways that fit with my lifestyle right now to, you know, to reap the benefits because there's so many. So yes. Awesome. Okay. So Evie, I just have one more question before I let you go. I always love to hear who your favorite or one of your favorite ancestors is because these stories are always awesome. It's so hard to pick one. (laughs) I know. It Um, really is. (laughs) I think both of my great grandparents on even my my grandpa Hayhurst on my dad's side, um, they're all Okies in that they migrated from Oklahoma and Kansas Mm. um, during the Dust Bowl. Okay. And um, they migrated to the West Coast. Uh, And I just love that bit of our history because, one, we're farmers. I've I've mentioned that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just have such admiration for for farmers. And I love that they said, you know what? We can't do what we love here. We can't farm but we believe in ourselves and in the American dream enough that we can move out West and we Mm. can make this work. And they did. And I just love that strength. And I, I can see it. It's interesting. I can see it come down my dad's line and my dad, my grandfather, uh, grandpa Hayhurst, he was a son of those who were migrating over Mm. and he became a pharmacist. And then my dad became a lawyer and you can see this just tenacity burning in, in both of them mm-hmm. to go after your dreams and do what you love and create this better life. And I feel like that has been just a, an, an undertone to, to our family mm. and how we've all been raised and how we perceive life. And it has just been such a blessing to me. And I, I really do. I, I, I feel like that is something that's a tradition that's been passed down from my great great grandparents and my great grandparents and mm-hmm. um you know the Ratsliffs and the Smith Schmitz and the Hayhurst they all brought these family traditions of bravery and focus and the American dream and I I love them I love them for that and it's mm-hmm. just you know it's so much fun for me to to have that knowledge and to you know when it's a bad day you know kind of think I come right. from a long line of brave strong people I can tackle 
this tantrum <laughs> that's right. being thrown by my three-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can do anything, especially tackle you know a, a target tantrum where you're <laughs> where you're thinking, where where have I gone wrong? But um, yeah, I, that those they're my favorites. That whole that whole generation are they are my favorite. That is awesome. We're going to have to do some behind the scenes research because my grandma also grew up in Oklahoma during the Dust Bowl. My great grandpa, um, he was, his name is Howard Cordner. Okay. And he was a farmer too. So maybe they knew each other. That hey, would be so they cool. could have. They totally, you know, back then the population wasn't too big. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I feel the well same way. How yeah. Cool. So cool. Okay, so Evie, I am just so, so grateful for you taking the time to come on the show. It has been such an inspiring conversation, and I would just love for you to leave us with how my listeners can find you if they want to hear more from you. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Thank you again. And, you know, I'm going to go about my day with a smile on my face because I just love talking about this stuff. Yes, thank you. I, so if, people are interested in finding me i blog at mon m-o-n fig f-i-g.com and i party mostly though over on instagram so my instagram handle is evie evi fig f-i-g and i would love i would love for people if anyone has questions dm me i i love this kind of stuff and i don't feel like i get to talk about it often enough so Mm -hmm. Thank you again for this opportunity, Jesse. I cannot wait to keep listening and following along with these podcasts. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I will link everything in the show notes so people can find you easily. And again, Evie, just thank you so much. You are incredible. Thanks. You guys, thanks so much for being here. It means the world to me to be able to share my passion for family history with all of you. If you haven't done so yet, feel free to leave me a review on iTunes. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Miss Genealogy. If you want to shoot me an email, you can do that at missgenealogy.jessie, J-E-S-S-I-E, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear how you are getting fired up about family history work. See you next week.